0: Hey friends, welcome to Let's Be Clear. I am Clear Cherry Reeves and this is a podcast where we get clear, pun intended, about how to find a kingdom perspective in all things. No, really, all things. Whether it be about pursuing your dreams, finding hope and hardship, or just talking about Jesus, we will get raw and honest. I believe it will encourage you. Now, let's dig in. Happy Monday, friends. I hope you're having a great day. If it is not Monday, as always, when you are listening to this, I just hope you're having a good week. Um, happy late Valentine's Day. If you listen to this podcast and it is like way past Valentine's Day, ignore this, but regardless, I hope that you felt loved and special because you are. Um, I'm excited to be with you guys today. I, um, I know last week we talked about the word timing and this week we are going to be talking about the word clarity and you know I guess until really sitting down to think about this podcast um, and with writing the focus devotional which if you don't know about that that's what we're going through every week that's kind of what's guiding us and picking the word of the week uh, which we now have back in stock but this word clarity um Man, it is really what gives way for us to know what to choose to have a full and honorable life. Like, it is so important, and I think it's something that trips us up a lot, because I think we struggle with believing that we have clarity. So I'm excited to talk about um, this week. If you did not listen to last week's On Timing, I heavily encourage you to go back. It was really challenging to me. I know I say that every week, but mission accomplished because that's really my hope is that this podcast encourages you, but also challenges you because, I mean, if we aren't challenging ourselves, then we aren't living in our full potential um, and what God has for us. So before we dig in, as always, we are going to refocus. You ready? Okay. F, fix your eyes on Jesus. O, open your heart to receive. C, calm your mind. You unplug from distractions. S. Saturate your soul in him. <sighs> Deep breath, right? Um okay. So, clarity. What does this mean? You know, in the devotional, I talk about the story of Mary and Martha. Um and this story is Think a, probably a lot of us have heard it, um, you know, where Martha gets shamed for being the worker bee. Um, but really, what it is is where Jesus and his disciples are going through the, the village. They um, get invited over for supper at Martha's house, and Mary, her sister, is there. Martha is in the bu- is in the kitchen, busy preparing dinner, doing everything caught up in all of the obligations, and Mary chooses to be with Jesus at his feet, listening to him and worshiping him in the living room. And Martha gets really upset and is like, Jesus, what is going on? I mean, are you not going to tell my sister to come help me? Like, really? I mean, I'm slaving away in here, and this is for you. Like, I'm doing this for you. And Jesus responds, and I say this in the devotional. He says, Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. So I think that's really what I want this podcast to be, is a way to help us choose what is better. How do we know what is better, what is best? Essentially, how do we have clarity in our lives? Can I be honest with you guys? I am currently searching for clarity with some things in my life. Um, I am seeking him and wondering where exactly he's leading and what he wants me to do. So as I'm saying these things to you, praying through this content and meditating on these scriptures, I am speaking to my own heart. Like I need this podcast just as much as you, and we probably will need it in another week, in another month, in another year, because clarity is often brought about or often desired in moments of transition. And if we've learned anything, y'all, it's that transition is constant. And if it's not one thing, it's another. And that is a good thing that means progression right that means growth that means development that means refinement it is good but so clarity is something that really we need at all moments we are always going from thing to thing from place to place from obligation to obligation and like with Mary and Martha we really need to have this discernment Jesus what is better like have you asked that question in your life it's really interesting when you do um And many times we claim a lack of clarity. However, we often know what to do. We just lack the trust to follow through with it, right? Like we aren't unclear about what step to take. We are unclear about whether God will meet us on the other side. And I think that's a hard reality to accept. But the truth is, is that the Bible is pretty crystal clear about a lot of things. And I'm not saying that there's not confusion as far as the gray area and okay lord do i do this do i make the move do i start this do i end this like where what do you want from me but here's the assurance of our lives is that god will never lead us somewhere he is not where he points his presence follows that gives us such comfort such comfort and clarity requires margin to seek jesus like in order to know what to hold we must make room to behold him first. I'm going to say that again. Clarity requires margin to seek Jesus. In order to know what to hold, we must make room to behold him first. Are we asking God for clarity, but not giving him the room to speak? Or has he already spoken in his word the needed direction and assurance we are asking for, but we would rather pray A handout, then diligently seek what's already in our hand. You know, when thinking about this, I figured it might be helpful to think through this word to talk about kind of the several things that hinder our clarity. And then, so four things that hinder it and four things that help our clarity. Okay, so four ways that we need to lean into those. They're good for us, they help us, they provide light. And the others tend to distract us, discourage us, and make us feel like we live in the dark. So what hinders our clarity? Well, the first one is fear. You know what I realized the more decisions that I make and the more life I live and the more things that I do and the more mistakes that I make and all of that is that he often provides clarity as we begin to move. Y'all, sometimes we have to leave the relationship before he gives us clarity as to why we had to. Sometimes we have to move to that city or take that different job or let a friendship be for a season before we ever really comprehend why. Let me ask you this Why would we fear what is ahead if we thought that it wouldn't be for our best, right? Like the only reason we would be apprehensive to step into the future is we would wonder if it was good for us, if it was healthy, if it was exciting if it was the life that we want to live. But we know that our God loves us too much to let anything but his best happen when we obey him. Y'all, when we are fearful, we also let the chatter of our minds become the loudest voice. And we can all attest that that is a dangerous place to be, right? I think it's really helpful to label the chatter in our lives and in our minds and recognize the source. Because I don't know about y'all, but if I don't label the source of something, I start to believe the lies. But when I recognize that it's fear over the unknown or fear of not being good enough or fear of failure or fear of scarcity or fear of God not showing up on the other side, I can go, okay, no, you don't belong in my space. Like fear just confuses us and it makes us second guess our identity our purpose and our discernment. But scripture tells us God is not a God of confusion or disorder. 1 Corinthians 14.33 says, For God is not a God of disorder, but of peace, as in all the meetings of God's holy people. Y'all, fear tries to convince us that we are confused about our calling or lacking discernment about our purpose. But Jesus provides perfect clarity. Go where He leads, peace peace. Will follow. So the first one is fear, something that hinders our clarity. The second one is pressure. You know, we don't even realize how we take on the pressure from outside civilization or the voices of others or cultural standards, how high we tend to value that and how much we let it affect what we decide. You know, pressure that's applied from the world, it fractures the spirit and it stunts growth. But pressure applied from truth, that fosters the spirit and stimulates growth. I don't mean the kind of pressure that's hard, because God does ask us to do hard things all the time. In fact, it's usually how we pursue holiness, right? But we can always recognize that pressure is from the world and not from the way maker. When the pressure asks us to be different or to be someone we are not called to be or doesn't align with the word of God. So if pressure is applied to your shoulders or your life or your circumstances or your resources, and it says, hey, don't you want to be like them? Hey, don't you want to be valued? Hey, you need to do this in order to achieve significance. Like that's the kind of pressure that we can go, wait a second, that voice is not from God because I know that he gives me purpose. I know he gives me clarity. I know he gives me value. My significance is not up for a question. I don't have to do anything to be considered beautiful or loved or any of that, right? So it's really understanding, okay, where is this pressure coming from? And is it good pressure that edifies my life? Or is it harmful pressure that, that points me to do things that are not what Jesus would ask me to do? You know, Ralph uh, Waldo Emerson says, To be yourself in a world that is constantly trying to make you something else, is the greatest accomplishment. I think what Emerson was saying was exactly what we are saying right now. Hey, it's going to be hard to resist the pressure to be like everyone else because fitting in feels good. Y'all, being liked feels important. And being popular is so enticing and alluring. But if you can stay true to who God created you to be, then you will do great things. Often our lack of clarity is not because we don't know what to do, how to respond, or what to be. Rather, it's that we fear what we might lose, who we might disappoint, or what we must let go of when we do. Right? So pressure can make us feel like we're lacking clarity only because even though we know what to do, we're scared of the repercussions when we make that decision. But we know that that God's got our back, right? So we don't have to let that fear or that pressure entangle us and make us confused. Um, the third one is a self-focused lens. It's kind of pretty self-explanatory. Essentially, it gives us tunnel vision, right? Like we can't like, it just feels, uh, we feel a little bit trapped by this, by this view. And it's like, we can't see others correctly. And, um, you know, Dallas Willard is one of my favorite theologians. And he says, many people seek to hear God solely as a device for securing their own safety, comfort, and righteousness. You know, here's the thing is like, when we obsess over getting clarity from God to find a solution, our time with him transitions from worship to worry and when we talk to God with the only motivation to do to know what decision to make we treat him like a device rather than worshiping him as the divine you see the world will tell us to see everything through the lens of how will this affect my life but Jesus will challenge us to view it through the perspective of how will this affect eternity you see guys like Just that shift in perspective shows us the beauty and the danger of what it looks like to be others-focused and Jesus-focused and kingdom-focused and then to be self-focused. And when we're so obsessed with having clarity, even though it's a good desire and a holy desire, it gives us this self-focused lens where we really can't see um, we, we can't get perspective. Right. And so it makes decisions feel really hard. And it also is just like when your mind is constantly running the wheel of what should I do? Where should I move? What should I do this? Like you can't even really keep a conversation with people, right? You can't dream. You can't be innovative. And a lot of times we're talking so much about God, give me clarity. We can't even hear what he has to say. And so we just need to be really careful with this self-focused lens. You know, keeping our eyes on just today and ourselves is like throwing a thick fog. That's how I imagine it. Like, y'all know I'm a visual person. I really imagine like this thick fog on a landscape. And we can only see what's right beside us and right in front of us. And everything feels far away, unclear, and heavier. And it does not have to be that way. Philippians 2, 3 through 4 says, do not Do nothing from rivalry or a conceit. but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interest but also to the interests of others. I love that verse. It's so challenging. I'm slowing down because I'm really trying to look at it. Like let each of you not look only to his own interests but also to the interests of others. y'all. if we want clarity for ourselves, a big way and a big thing that helps us do that is to serve. And I know that feels maybe like contradictory, but a lot of times when we get the mi- like the microscope off ourselves, it allows us to actually step back and frame up our situation and see things from heaven's perspective. Um, the last one is perfectionism. Okay. Whew. Perfectionism is a hard one. I feel like all of us, can say that in certain things, if not everything, we struggle to want things to be perfect, or at least we have those areas where we feel like we never measure up. Um, Brendan Manning tells a story. He's one of my favorite authors. He tells a story about a, um, about a story in his book, Ruthless Trust, and it really challenged me, so I wanted to share. So the great teacher of ethics, John Cavanaugh, visited Mother Teresa While she was working for three months at her house of the dying in Calcutta. What a name. He was seeking clarity from God on the direction for his future. Okay, so he's serving, which is a great thing to be doing, right? When we are looking for clarity, as we said. And she asked him, what can I do for you? He asked, pray that I have clarity. Mother Teresa said firmly, no, I will not do that. He was surprised and asked her why. And she explained, clarity is the last thing you are clinging to and must let go of. Taken aback, he said, but you seem to have clarity from God. Mother Teresa laughed, I have never had clarity. What I have always had is trust. So I will pray that you trust God. Oh my gosh, when I read this story, I was just like, <laughs> I love this story. And Mother Teresa, I, she was obviously such a selfless, incredible kind-hearted woman and I just love that she does not mince words. I love a story for several reasons. One is the fact that Mother Teresa so candidly, gracefully, and rawfully said, I've never had clarity but trust. Like how many of us can can relate to that statement? Two, it strips us of the excuse to have a burning bush before we put action to what God asks of us. The fact that Mother Teresa said that she's never had clarity, and yet all that she had done and all that she had put her hands to, she just trusted, if this is good and this is where I am and this is what's in front of me and I'm desiring to serve God, I'm going to trust that it's what he wants for my life. And three is that I feel like so many of us can relate to John in this story. We meet with friends and we ask for clarity and we pray and we ask for more clarity and we keep going on our merry way, hoping God gives us clarity. And what we really need is trust to do what he has already asked of us. You know, Mother Teresa in a lot of her writings, obviously it lends to that that she's like, look, I know, I, I, I've read the word. I know what he asks of me. I know the character of my God. I know, I know what he's laid before me. I, I know the mission. So I'm not going to sit around and wonder if this is my calling. Like, if I'm able, it, it's what I should do. And I just think that's, like, an amazing perspective to have about it. And I think a lot of times it's rel- relatively trendy and um, comfortable to say that we're always praying to have clarity about our calling. But God's already told us a lot of ways that he expects us to step up. We are called to look like Jesus. What does that mean for our lives? So I want you to think about each of these things like you're taking um, – Okay, well, actually, before I go into that, okay, the things that help our clarity, I'm going to remind you of the four things that hinder it. First one is fear. Second is pressure. Third is a self-focused lens. And four is perfectionism. So what helps our clarity? Like if those hinder it, what helps it? I want you to imagine each of these things or think of these things, okay, like you're taking a photo. The picture of life, right? (laughs) That's what you're trying to grasp. What is required to get good clarity? Because now that we have talked about what hinders it, now we're going to talk about what helps provide it. The first one is light, which I'm not a photographer, but I feel like every photographer says, gosh, it's just the most crucial element. And so for us, light is reading the word. Light is the most crucial element for taking a good picture, so meditating on the word provides discernment. Discernment shows direction. If we want to know which way we should go now, we should read what his people did all throughout his word. The parables that he told us to show us the type of heart and discipline and strength and frame of mind that we should have. Romans twelve two says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing, You may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. You know, we tend to believe the lie that insight breeds intimacy. However, it's intimacy that provides insight, right? So the more that we trust his heart, the more that we will know the way. And the only way that we can learn to trust his heart is to get in his word. You know why I love the visual of the word? being the light of our lives it's because the only way we are able to be effective in what we do, know which way to turn or really do anything is because we have light. It is literally what we must have in order to act. And the same goes for the word of God. We don't have to understand upon searching it or reading it or learning from it, how it will help us. Because I've seen so many times y'all in my personal life where I've read something and three days later, something happens and the scripture I thought was irrelevant or not intimate to me, takes on a whole new meaning. That's the power of light. It's existence alone infiltrates, inspires, and ignites life in the dimmest of places. The second one is frame. Okay, so like the frame of a picture, I'm doing my hands like this, like framing up the picture, right? So the frame is prayer. Prayer is our framing for taking a photograph. It shows us how to enter the situation. It's how we find the right perspective in order to see our lives differently. Prayer is pausing, putting down whatever's in our hands, and walking up the stairs to see our lives from heaven's perspective. I mentioned this in a podcast I had done before, but a big way that I try and discipline my mind is that if I'm really struggling And just having a moment of just anxiety that is crippling or Sunday scaries, right? Or whatever it is, a new transition, all that. And we're just in our heads. I always, or if I'm just amidst a problem, right? Like confrontation and I don't know what to do. I really try and challenge myself and say, okay, clear, walk up the stairs, like literally close my eyes, close your eyes if you can. Imagine your own body, okay? And it's in the room of your house, of your life, and you take you pause and you walk up the stairs to heaven and you literally go all the way up and you say okay what does it look like now the mountains are smaller everything's way more achievable because you're with the one who literally nothing is impossible for him you realize that the things that felt so important and scary are actually not it's just so helpful and prayer is what helps us do this Prayer helps us frame our lives through the lens of love, the perspective of grace, and focus of hope that heaven offers. It brings clarity to the hard, the heavy, and the hopeless. You know, prayer seems like the most obvious. It's what coaches us back into alignment with the word that we read. And I know some of you are listening and thinking, okay, clear, but like, what do I even pray for? And do you know that I'm on a timeline? Like, I've been praying for clarity. Of course, I have. Like, what else would I be doing? Right? James 1 5 though says, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given to him. Yo, know, I think we have to ask our que- ourselves a question. Like, do we think God's trying to confuse us, to lead us astray, or trick us into trying to find him? Like, he is a scavenger hunt and he's trying to stay hidden. Like a lot of times, I think the clarity we are searching for, we realize through the avenue of prayer, really more about the character of God than the actual problem that we're praying about. Does that make sense? So it's like we go to Jesus and we talk about our circumstances and then we receive as a reminder his character. And that is the. Every assurance that we need to know that whatever he brings to pass is good. It is good and he's trustworthy. Psalm 33:4 4 says that his word is true and that, or that his word is good and that we can trust everything that he does. We can trust everything that he does. That is so comforting. Um, so there's the first one's light, reading the word. Two is frame, Prayer. Thurman is subjects, okay? So you can't take a picture if you don't have a subject, right? So community, community. Obviously, we know that when you take a picture, like we said, like you have to have a subject, whether that's the family you're snapping a photo of, the pup you're taking a picture of, or the mountains covered in snow. But just like with life, we can take pictures of anything, but the meaning and the richness and the memories... Come from knowing the subjects in those photos. So what I mean by that, when in, in this particular analogy, is we were created to work things out with like-minded people. Like it's a gift that Jesus gave us from the very get-go. It is the essence of His church, the reasoning for His disciples, and the fruit of our lives. I know for me personally, um, you know when I'm struggling with making a decision or finding clarity in my life, often just verbally processing it with someone helps me come to a conclusion that honors Jesus. You know, sometimes we just need to get out of our own heads. Can I invite you to do that today? It's good for your soul. <laughs> and it's good for other soul. Like when someone confides in me or just, or we pray together, they we just talk and I can tell they're wrestling. Y'all, we're all wrestling. So don't be scared to be vulnerable in community or, or with a friend or a pastor or a mentor or a colleague that you're just kind of struggling. And, you know, like what good does it do to stay in the dark and pretend like we know the way when we can walk into the light, grab someone's hand and say, hey, can you help me see? That's the gift of community. However, I do want to note that renewing our mind with community is not synonymous with ruminating with the crowd. Okay, so what I mean by that is community fosters our growth and always points us back to the word. Like going back to the story of Mary and Martha, where we saw that Martha was frustrated by her life narrative and Mary had great clarity on what she was putting her time and attention to. This shows us the power of community. We have the beauty and the blessing of learning from the testimony of others. Like, sometimes it's what to do, and, y'all, sometimes it's learning what not to do. Romans 1, 11 through 12 says, I long to see you so that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to make you strong. That is, that you and I may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith. That's Paul in Romans talking to the church, and I love, here's the thing is we are created to spur each other on and sometimes that clarity can only be worked out as we sit with someone else and we and we let Jesus be the center of that meaning and we go okay can you help me think through this and i'm going to be honest about my thoughts and then i'm going to let you help me put my car back on the track cuz i know i'm misaligned right now but i need some help seeing that picture okay so let's go through the first three we have light reading the word frame prayer subjects community focus is the fourth one it's really hard to take a good picture in fact you can't if you do not have focus focus is knowing our priorities you know we talked a lot about this word obviously because it's the name of the devotional but we what we prioritize we focus on it's always the case no matter what we declare, what we zoom in on, or what, that shows our focus. So think about a camera. Like, what's the most clear part of the picture? Specifically in portrait mode, right, with those new phones, we tap on the portion of the photo or the spot that we really want to be clear, to be legible, to not be pixelated or fuzzy. Like, that's the place where we want the focus of the picture. It's the same with our lives, where we zoom in, on will determine what we prioritize. We can't claim to want clarity in a situation or with what's next if we aren't willing to zoom in on what's significant today. I'm going to say that again. We cannot claim to want clarity in a situation or with what's next for our lives if we aren't willing to zoom in on what's significant today. This focus, this zooming in, it determines what we capture It's what shows others what we think is important. And it's the way that we make, mark our moments and seasons is by declaring our focus. Where we are focused will be where we drive. So let's review. What hinders our clarity? Fear, pressure, a self-focused lens, and perfectionism. Throw all these away. Toss them aside. If you want clarity and direction and discernment and wisdom for your life, God's got it, right? Don't let the fear of what others say or the world get in your way. Don't let the pressure take it off your shoulders. The self-focused lens, you don't need that. Eyes open, wide frame. Imperfectionism is a myth. You can't live up to that standard. What helps our clarity? Light, reading the word. It is literally the lamp into your feet. It will show you the way to go. It will never confuse you. Frame it up with prayer. Even when you feel like God's silent. In fact, that is when you should pray the most. Subjects, community, get with other people. Work it out. Flesh it out. Talk about truth. Realign. Hey, Lord, what do you want from me? Can you, can you provide people Or help me seek out the people to clear this clutter. And then focus, knowing our priorities. I hope that helps encourage you guys with the word clarity. Um, It's one of those words where I almost might do another podcast on it because it's so deep and intricate. I know kind of just skimmed. I feel like I just touched the tip of the iceberg. And there's all this stuff underneath. But can I tell you something? Whatever you're searching for clarity in is God knows that. He sees it. And that to also, I think a big thing is, is really just trusting his timing. Like sometimes the clarity, sometimes we don't get to land on the runway and have the exact picture of what it's going to look like. Cause God's circling in the plane a little bit, right? There's some things to learn, some things to revisit and we haven't quite hit there yet. So be patient, be patient. I know it's like a cuss word. It's terrible. Okay, so every week in the devotional, there's a focus tip, a very practical suggestion. Um, And I just want to share this one. It says, God is never surprised. He knows exactly what you are facing and what your future holds. So instead of guessing what your next steps should be, ask the one who can clear things up for you. When you find yourself confused this week, whisper the word clarity and ask him to open your eyes to the bigger picture and get ready to be amazed ha I just love how the fact that really God it's so simple y'all to say that God literally has everything that we need but I just want to speak to you if you feel like your hands don't have enough or maybe they have too much and you don't know what to take out Or you have a lot going on or your plate's heavy or 2020 just really threw you curveballs and you are still trying to figure out how to stand up what I do know, what I do have clarity about for you is that God has you, that he has brilliant and beautiful and bright plans for your future. And you don't have to earn that as we obey, as we honor, as we seek to just abide in him. He helps us. He helps us. He wants the best for our lives and he's got our back. Um, so before we close up with the Monday prayer, if you can close your eyes as always, If not, please do not. I do not want to be responsible for you getting hurt. Um, Okay, so, dear Jesus, thank you. Thank you for the gift of another Monday. Looking out from my window, your mercy blankets this world. Thank you for shepherding your people with such tenderness and truth. Will you uncover anything in my heart that is hurting my progress or pushing me towards anything that doesn't represent you? Convict me. Posture my entire being this week. Help me stand firm in your word. Help me be a person of joy in the struggle. Help me honor you always. Sometimes I worry I can't hear when you speak and I'm not sure how to silence these other voices. Will you dull them and help me delight in yours? I want to be a person that communicates with you at all moments. Not just when I need to make a decision or when I'm facing a hardship or uncertainty. Thank you for removing the pressure from my shoulders and for placing it on yours. My only responsibility is to you and you alone. Strip me of my need for perfectionism and help me lavish grace and gentleness. Your word is light. Your ways are trustworthy. Your worth is unmatched. The clarity of my direction this week is that you are God and you are good in the constant radiant And peaceful name of Jesus, Amen. Ah, I I just love reading that. It also challenges me. Okay, guys, I hope this encouraged you. Um, If it did, would you share? Would you invite your friends to listen? Tag me on your stories. Subscribe to the podcast. That would be awesome. I'm so grateful for this community. It's so much fun for me. Um, As many have said, like, oh, does that life you? Like, does that just infuse your spirit with excitement yes every single time i love getting to talk with y'all and um i'm just grateful so thanks for tuning in i hope you remember that you are seen and if you're seeking clarity god has your back lean in listen he's got you